Hey, what's up, everyone? Sam here from Wall Street Mastermind. I'm here today with another client interview for you guys. Today, I have um, Nathan uh, on here with us. Um, Nathan just finished his summer 2021 recruiting process uh, and was able to um, end up with the, an offer that he was really, really happy about. And so just wanted again to come on here and kind of talk about his experience with you guys. Um, and also, you know, share what, whatever advice he might have for you. So, um, Nathan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, to start off, if you can just maybe introduce yourself a little bit and kind of let our listeners know, you know, your profile and kind of what kind of candidate you were um, going into the recruiting process, and then uh, we can maybe start from there. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, right now, I am a rising junior at Cal. I'm studying economics and data science. My GPA is decent, not great, but um, somewhere you know in, in the acceptable range that a lot of investment banks look at. Yeah. Um, and I have during during the school year, I work a few part-time jobs, and so I'm not as involved with campus. So. I'm not involved with any business rats or any business clubs. And so um, that's kind of why Wall Street Mastermind was really helpful um, and getting kind of advice and feedback. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Um, so kind of like take us back to the beginning. Um, like when did you first start recruiting for investment banking or think about recruiting for investment banking? And what was that like? Uh, you know, before Washington National, like how did you go through the process? How were you preparing? And what, what did that look like for you? Yeah, so um, investment banking has kind of been like, in, at the start, I thought about the, you know, the role as a freshman. Um, but it was definitely like an on and off type of, you know, urge to, to you know, be able to get an investment banking role. Um, and so I wasn't really fully committed into, you know, pursuing investment banking until I would say the, the kind of end of my sophomore year, beginning of my sophomore summer. Um, and I guess in the sense I was, you know, just browsing Google. I looked on Wall Street Oasis. I, I just like try to get a good picture of um, what exactly the role entails. Um, I think, you know, especially in college, like if you're like a business e type person, like there's, there's either two pathways, it's investment banking or consulting. Um, and so I thought like being a more analytical quantitative person, I thought, you know, investment banking might suit my profile a little bit better. Um, and so I just, I basically just like scoured Wall Street Oasis and learned a lot more about um, the position. And I, actually had a so I had like uh, one person one like senior in my fraternity who I like spoke to about investment banking um, very briefly but that was kind of the extent of, of how I started off got it okay your fraternity as in, like a social fraternity not a business fraternity right right social fraternity got it. so I mean I went to Cal myself so I kind of know what it's like there and I think it's this is the case with a lot of the a lot of the schools across the country, especially if you go to a kind of a target school um, or even a semi-target school, there's a lot of these uh, organizations that are kind of like feeder programs into Wall Street, right? Like at Cal, maybe it's the, 
AKSI and, you know, what used to be DSP, I don't think they exist anymore, but maybe they rebranded or something. But it's like the business frats or the investment clubs or, you know, organizations like that that have, that pretty much like take most of the spots going to IB, right? So did you ever consider joining one of those organizations? I mean, I know you didn't end up joining one, but like, did you ever think about, think about joining one or like, since you didn't, did you find that to be kind of um, a challenge to kind of go up against a lot of these students that just have a lot more resources and also a lot more, uh, I guess, alumni network, I guess, at these banks? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, at the time I was considering it, but I didn't really see the full value of being a part of those programs. Um, for me, I thought, you know, I could just do it myself. Like, um, like it can't be that hard to, to break into like an industry, right? Um, but I think basically like that thinking was really wrong. Um, like just looking back on it, I definitely should have joined some kind of uh, business club or business organization where I could have gotten um, a little bit more mentorship or, or a little bit more guidance. Um, just because again, like it was me scouring Wall Street Oasis, me like, doing these very blanket Google searches that, um, you know, sucked in a lot of more, a lot more time than it would have taken to be a part of a club like that. Yeah. Got it. And what, I mean, um, obviously that takes a lot of time. I get that. Right. Scaring Wall Street Oasis and Google and whatnot. Um, aside from the time factor, was there something that you felt like you, needed that you weren't really getting from doing that like is it just a matter of hey just a lot more time but you said you can still get everything you need as long as you just do that or is there something else that's missing no so i would say the recruiting process is like a black box or, or some sort of like transparent box in the sense that like there's no there's no way to figure out exactly what you need for the entire process without um and then and, and, like, it's, it's hard to be able to like Google everything that you'll like, you'll see in an interview or, or everything, like all the steps that you'll need to take um, to even get that interview in the first place. So um, I would say that like, even if you had all the time in the world it, you might not even be able to reach like all of the things that you need to find um, without going through the interview process. Got it. So basically, um time is just one factor but even if time wasn't a factor you have to know what to look for and therein lies the problem because you don't know what you don't know and then you might miss stuff that just just because like it's out there but you don't know how to look for it basically or you don't know you're supposed to look for it right exactly but that's a very interesting point actually and you mentioned wall street races because there's a, um, you may or may not have seen this, like a lot of our clients coming to the programs have already seen this, but um, there, there's actually like a thread on Wall Street Oasis where people ask like if Wall Street Mastermind is a scam. And uh, the whole argument was that Wall Street Mastermind is a scam because everything you need for recruiting is already on Google. Like everything you need, you can just Google everything. That was the argument. It's like everything, all the information is out there. Why would you need to pay someone like Wall Street Mastermind to help you with the process when you can just do everything on your own? But I always found that to be kind of, to be honest, kind of funny because I'm like, well, yeah, I guess theoretically everything you need is on Google, I guess. But I mean, it really isn't, but theoretically, let's just say it is. But 
like the, the problem is how do you sift through all that information and also how do you know what information is actually good information versus bad information because there's a lot of bad information online too right um even on a place like wall street Oasis, is like sometimes there are posts that are really helpful and a lot of times there are posts where it's just like other students who haven't gone into banking are giving you their opinion, which may or may not be valid, right? So it's like, you know, I personally think that, especially nowadays with investment banking recruiting, just how quickly everything happens and the timeline moving up earlier and earlier. And by the way, like, it's funny because we're sitting here recording this uh, client interview and it's the end of September, 2020 and RBC already opened up their application for summer 2022, right? And it's like, okay, that's 21 months away and they're already starting the process. And my point is time is a factor, right? Like if you want to be ready and competitive as a candidate by the time these processes start, um, you, you want to be as efficient as you can possibly be. Right, no, I totally agree with everything that you just said. Um, and I was just like, I have a friend who's a year younger and I was just telling him about it and he was just like so shocked to hear that our, like there was already uh, applications out. He had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. It's crazy. Um, so I guess, so I understand why, why you wanted to join something like Walsh Mastermind because obviously you saw the value proposition and that it's kind of like we, we, we can provide you with a lot of the mentorship and guidance that you, um, basically we're lacking right um and so once you join wall street mastermind like what do we actually work on with you or like what were the things we helped you with um that you thought were really impactful and like what would you say changed between you know how you were going about your preparation pre-wall street mastermind post-wall street mastermind right um so to, to answer the first part of your question, so like the interview process is like two buckets, right? It's first landing the interview and then being able to convert that interview to an offer, right? Um, and so with Wall Street Mastermind, um, the first thing that I would say was really, really big um, was the feedback and the um, advice on my resume. Um, coming into it, I thought, um, you know, prior to this program I like landed an IB role but um, at a like a smaller bank um, and I would say you know I was pretty confident coming into the program I was thinking I thought to myself you know like my resume is pretty good like if I was able to land something already with it like there's not much that they could do um, but I think you know after um, you know showing my resume to to Sam and then having him pick, pick it apart even when I was so confident just made me realize that um, one, like I had a lot of hubris and two, that there's, there's like still a lot to work on. Um, and I would definitely say like resume itself, um, was able to land me a lot of interviews. Um, and like, just to, to be super forthright, like I, I didn't network as, as much as I should have. Um, but being able to have the revisions and then edits made on, on my resume from Sam, um, that's kind of what allowed me to even land a lot of interviews to a lot of top banks in the first place. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. So the resume 
and that the work that we did for the application materials helped a lot. Um, and so that part helped with, uh, you said it was a two part process. So that helped you with landing the interviews, right? And what about on like the interview side of things, like in terms of interview prep, like what was that like for you? Right, so I think for the interview prep, like there's your technical parts and your behavioral parts. Um, for this program, what was really great about it was all of the information that you needed was in one place. That's number one. And number two was um, only the information that you really need is in these places. Um, so you're not spending time memorizing things that you don't need. Um, and all of the concepts are explained in a very simple, um, you know, easy to understand way. So um, if you're comparing that as opposed to you know, just looking at the, the vault and just memorizing questions, it's, it's a huge difference in, in what you, um, you know, how you can portray yourself in the technical side of the interview. Mm, got it. So basically, I like the way you put it. It's like, from a technical standpoint, everything you need is included already. And, and we only include the things that you need. I think that's, that's well put because uh, I see a lot of these other investment banking courses or whatever that are out there, right? Like maybe uh, I think the most popular ones are like these financial modeling courses and it's just kind of overwhelming with content. It's like buy our financial modeling course and you get over 10 different models and a hundred different hours of content and this and that. And it's just like, that their definition of value is let me just bombard you or overwhelm yeah. you with information and that's what's going to get you the job right um in reality that's a huge fallacy because people think like oh if i just spend hundreds and hundreds of hours studying this thing then that's how i'm going to be as prepared as i could possibly be i'm going to know every single possible question that the interviewer could ask me Right. But in reality, that's actually one slowing you down because like I always ask people, it's like, look, if I could teach you everything you need to know from a technical standpoint in a hundred hours or 200 hours, or the alternative is I could teach you everything you need to know in 20 hours or 30 hours, like which one would you rather have? And everybody's always like 20 hours or 30 hours. Right. Um, and so it's just like, but, but for, for whatever reason, like, when they're looking for you know programs or whatever to sign up for it's like they want the, the program with the most stuff like here like we just we know you don't have a lot of time again going back to the point not to sound like a broken record we're like how quickly recruiting happens it's like you only have so much time to get all these things done right you know you got to learn your technicals you got to come up with stories for your behaviorals and make them really really good uh you got to network for most people anyway they have to network quite a bit maybe you didn't have to do it that much um, and, and there's just, and you got to go out and, you know, get relevant experience. Like you did an internship at a bank, right? You got to, you got to keep your grades up in school. Like as a student, you're super busy. And so it's like, why, why learn anything that, that you don't need, right? Which by the way, I always tell people and they find this hard to believe, but you don't need to know how to build a financial model for your summer analyst interviews, right? Like, I don't know how many interviews you went through, but let's just tell people like 
did any of your interviews or interviewers ever, you know, hand you a laptop and ask you to build a financial model on the spot? Like, did that ever happen? No, no, it didn't. Yeah, that never happens, right? They just ask you, they test you on these concepts verbally and they want to see that you understand it, right? And so that's kind of how, that's kind of how we prepare you guys is that we, we want to teach you how to answer these questions verbally and conceptually without memorizing, right? Because you can never predict what questions you're going to ask you. So you're just memorizing questions. It doesn't really work, right? But it's more like teaching you the concepts so that you have application knowledge and that whatever they ask you, sometimes they even ask you very open in the questions that have answers that you can't really memorize. Or like one of my clients, she got, she got, she got like a, a bunch of financial statements, like income statement, cash statement for a fictitious business. And they were like, okay, tell us, like go through every single line item and tell us what you see. Do you think this is a healthy business? Or like, what industry do you think this business is in? And it's like, you're not going to memorize the answer to that question because you're seeing these statements for the first time, right? And those are the types of questions that we're trying to prepare you for. It's like, if you can, if you can answer questions at that level, then you're pretty much going to be able to answer whatever questions they throw at you. Right. And that's a much more efficient way of learning things, by the way, than to brute force your way through hundreds of hours of content. <clears throat> right. So, I, I mean, I, I, I 100% agree with like kind of what you said there. So, like, I think it's very well put. Um, I might have to use that in my marketing. <laughs> um, so, guys, so on the technical side, then you say it's like basically just like a much more efficient way of learning things. Like. Right. And I've, I've taken like courses like Wall Street Prep um, and like what, what it like, again, it, it's like you're drinking from a, a fire hose, like you're um, there's nothing that's like really catered or tailored towards the, the interview process um, in Wall Street Prep's program. So, um, again, like I would say that it definitely is like, again, more of a tailored, tailored um, program. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people that are listening to this can probably relate. It's like they probably have tried out Wall Street Prep or these other, you know, well-known financial mind courses. The reason why you feel like you're drinking from a fire hose is because you're trying to learn how to build a financial model before you even understand the underlying concepts behind what you're doing, right? So it's actually kind of a silly exercise to, if all you're doing is, copying what this other guy is doing on on screen in, in an excel spreadsheet you know, like go to cell c5 and then type in this excel function and link it up to this cell and you're like i don't know why i'm doing that well that's not helpful right and so i always thought it was like it's, it's like you're trying to learn you're learning how to my daughter's one years old so she's just starting to walk it's like you're trying to learn how to run before you can even walk it doesn't make sense right um, and so, and it's overkill, quite frankly, for, for the summer analysts uh, recruiting process anyway. So, um, but that, that all makes sense. So that's the technical part. Then like, what about the behavioral part? Like how, how are your, um, how are you prepping for your behavioral interviews? Right. So, um, how I always thought about it was, you know, the, the technicals is what allows you to, um, be able to even be considered. And then what the behaviorals is what sets, uh, the, the candidates apart um, and so I would say like preparing for it I um, you know there's a questionnaire that you sent out um, and 
writing that out was really good and, and being able to kind of see see all the ideas come to life and be able to basically communicate those ideas in a very concise way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's like a big part of um, what a lot of interview interviewees are looking for. They're looking for people who can who are able to be concise yet um, answer their question in the most um, straightforward way. Yeah. Um, and so by being able to write it all out by getting your feedback um, and you know taking out cutting down my answers and, and adding certain lines that really showcase like who I am or, or what accomplishments that I've had um, that's really kind of how I was able to pre- prepare for that got it and, and how does that process work like who's coming up with these changes that you're supposed to be making like are you doing that on your own or like because, I mean, what's the difference between you filling out this questionnaire with Wall Street Mastermind versus someone just going online and Googling, you know, most common investment banking behavioral questions and writing out their answers to that? Like, yeah. is there a difference? Yeah. So, I mean, you're paired with like a behavioral coach, which, um, you know, you will walk through the entire process of answering those questions. You basically, um, and if you really wanted to, you could just write down like all of your experience in like a raw format um, and, and your behavioral coach will, um, you know, basically pinpoint the parts that are important um, and give you that, that feedback that you, that's really necessary for um, providing that concise answer. Got it. So basically you do the first draft um, based on the way we teach it and then a behavioral coach will actually go through and edit all of your answers line by line and give you the changes and explain to you why we're making these changes. Right, yeah. And I mean like, did you find that to be helpful? Because personally for me, I feel like on the behavioral side, typically when people are coming up with with their own answers, it's really hard for them to identify what, if anything, they should change about their answers, right? that's why it's your answer or, or else it wouldn't be. Right. Right. And so typically what I, or I've heard is that usually when the behavioral coaches give you feedback, um, it's stuff that you haven't thought about before, but then once you see the feedback, you're like, Oh, duh. Like that makes sense. Like, why didn't I think of that kind of thing? Like, did you kind of feel that a little bit or? Yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, I would say like, with behavioral answers, there's no right answer, right? There's like, there's not one, uh, there's not an answer key that you can look up and see like, oh, did I get this right or not? Yeah. Um, and when you're going through interviews, like no interviewee is gonna be like, oh, you like, I didn't like this about your answer. So um, if you're going through the process, um, it's possible that you'll never know what's going wrong. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you're, you know, iterating, that's, um, and you're, you know, changing things piece by piece, like that's a lot more an efficient process than um, having someone sit down, look at your answers immediately and, and um, be able to cater your answers um, and create, basically be that answer key for you. Um, and so that's why I would say like, it's, it's huge to have that. Got it, okay. And then so once you learn all the technicals, and we've edited all of your behavior answers. We're giving you the feedback. We've iterated on it together. Um, as the last step, obviously, 
we got to do mock interviews, right? Because that's obviously critical when it comes to investment banking recruiting prep. So, how you, I assume you've done mock interviews prior to Wall Street National, whether it's with, I don't know, upperclassmen or friends, or have you, have you not? What was that the first time? Um, I would say, like, that was honestly, like, the first time I've done mock interviews. Like, okay. surprisingly, um, I probably should have taken advantage of the people around me a little bit more, but um, that was honestly the, like, the first time that I've done mock interviews. And, and um, again, like, having that feedback and not just the answers at that point, um, but, you know, how I speak, how I'm presenting myself, um, what my – like tone is like, I think like those are all things that um, will like bridge the gap between um, kind of where you're at and the finish line. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I see, I see it both. I see both camps, right? Um, I see students who have never done mock interviews before because they just don't know anyone that can actually give them the mock. Right? Like, look, like if you're in a business org or whatever, you probably deal with, the other upperclassmen that are in the orgs and whatnot, but you're not. And so you might not have someone who's actually qualified to give you a mock interview, right? Um, so that's one camp. And then this is the other camp that I see sometimes is people who have done mock interviews uh, with other people, maybe upperclassmen or whatever, but it's just not very thorough. It's not very detailed. And the feedback is like more, more surface level, right? And not, not like because people don't want to give you feedback, but the quality of the feedback that someone gives you is really just based on their own experience and their own expertise. Like how many people, for example, how many people have they actually interviewed before? Right. For most of like for us, when we do the mock interview with you, like how did you, how did you feel about those mocks? Like how did you feel about the feedback um, that, that you received? Like, was it actually like, was it detailed or not so detailed? Was it, uh, insightful or was it kind of already things that you already knew like talk about that a little bit yeah the, so the feedback that I got on my mock interviews were uh, really thorough um, and really insightful I would say um, basically we would do like a 30 to 45 minute mock interview and we would talk for another 30 to 45 minutes afterwards um, and we talked through basically like, all the answers that I did. Um, and again, it would be a pinpoint between not only just like the answer, but like um, the feedback that I got was like very, very uh, granular and, and detailed. Um, and I would say like, again, like since there's so many candidates out there, like um, having that kind of microscope to, to how you're answering is, is like really important to, to be able to differentiate yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's one thing that we really pride ourselves on is like giving that level of specificity when it comes to the feedback, right? Like literally going question by question through every single answer you gave us and taking detailed notes on what you said or how you said it. And then like the, the mentality that our coaches have is when we're doing these mock interviews is like, we're trying to just like rip you, like rip, rip you apart and just like, almost like give you as much feedback as we can. Um, and that's like the objective, right? And of course, like sometimes, um, I mean, you might even walk out of the marketing if you're like, 
holy crap, like that was way harder than I thought. And I'm not as ready as I thought I would be. But that's actually exactly what we want because we want the mock interview to feel hard, but we want the real interview to actually feel easy, right? <laughs> because that's one that really matters. And so, um, and so that's our whole philosophy around that. And so far it's, it's worked pretty well for our clients. Um, so I guess like having done all of that, like obviously that was a lot of, um, a lot of hard work that you had to put in. Um, ultimately, like what was the outcome at the end of this process? Like what kind of, um, now, what kind of offer did you end up with? Right. Um, so, I, I mean, I got an offer that I'm, like, super, super happy with. Um, better than anything that I would have expected coming into the program. Um, I would say that it's, like, I would, I would just say, like, again, like, I wouldn't have been able to do it without the program. So, I'm super grateful and appreciative to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, we don't have to say exactly where you're going um, if you're not comfortable with that, but if we can give people like a high level sense, like is it a bulls bracket bank or is it like an elite, elite boutique bank or like what kind of bank are we talking about? Yeah, um, it's an elite boutique bank. Um, and I would say like it was usually in the top five of the league takeables usually, so. Okay, now you're giving away too much information because there's only so many of those. Yeah, there's <laughs> just, only five. I'm just kidding, but no, yeah, okay. So it's a it's a top five bank, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and so I mean, for those of you that are listening, if you guys actually read the league tables and stuff, you can probably figure out, you know, which which one or two or three banks that Nathan's probably going to. So, but regardless. The bottom line is it's a bank that you're super happy with and kind of like all of your hard work is probably feels like all of your hard work is paid off. Right. Which is great. That's, that's, that's what we love about our job is that uh, we love seeing our clients get to the point that you're at now, which is, you know, having an offer that they're really excited and happy about. So um, huge congrats on that, by the way. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great accomplishment, right? Like, it's, it's not easy to um, get into a top five bank. Or it's not easy to get into any bank for that matter, but to get into a top tier bank, I mean, that's, that's extremely difficult to do. So um, one last question for you uh, before I let you go. Um, you know, for our listeners out there that are listening right now, like a lot of them are probably um, in a place that you were in not too long ago, right? Like they're at the, maybe the beginning of the recruiting process uh, maybe they're lacking mentorship, lacking some guidance. They don't have, maybe they're not, you know, in some program that provides them with all these resources already, or they don't have like all these alumni uh, that's already built into their network. What's like a piece of advice that you wish, that, you know, based on what you know now, that you, you think would have been really helpful for you back when you first started, um, if someone had just told you about it? Like, what's something that you wish you knew back when you were first started? Right. So I would say um, take advantage of any opportunity that you can get. Um, so whether that be 
like I said earlier in the in the interview, um, I didn't do it like any mock interviews before the program, um, and being able to take advantage of that, um, and not being afraid to just like ask, even if it's someone who's not preparing for investment banking, even if it's someone who's just like someone like a family member, like I would definitely say like practice, 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 um, and um, and make sure that you get the reps in to be able to perform like during the actual interview. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that's great advice, man. So, um, so look, I think um, for those of you who are listening, um, the takeaway, the main takeaway that I have from this conversation with Nathan is really that, um, one, you can never start too early because of just how quickly the recruiting timeline happens these days. Um, and, but two, uh, you know, if, if you don't have, if you feel like you don't have the resources that you need um, to kind of get the job done, and like if you're not, uh, if you're not, maybe you don't go to like a target school, or maybe you do go to a target school, but you're not in one of the feeder clubs, and you know, you don't have anyone that can kind of help you and guide you through this process that's very much kind of a black box. Um, then I think that the best thing you can do for yourself is to actually go out and find those resources, right? Like, don't just, don't be naive and just say, hey, I'm going to rely on Googling everything or uh, reading Wall Street releases all day. I'm not telling you to not do that at all, but that shouldn't be the only thing you're doing because it's going to take way too long. And also it's, um, there's going to be a lot of things that you just don't find because you don't even know what you're looking for, right? So if that's kind of the position that you're in and you feel like you need that um, extra bit of help um, and like guidance and mentorship from, you know, people who have actually done this for many, many people, like we've worked with over 200 clients at this point at the time of this recording, um, then, you know, I want to encourage you to reach out. Um, and schedule a free strategy session with us. Um, you know, you can jump on with uh, someone on our team and we're happy to talk to you about your recruiting process and how it's going and what your goals are and what challenges you're currently having and then just, you know, help you come up with a game plan that makes sense for you, right? And it's gonna be customized based on the information that you give us. So if that's something that's of interest to you, um, you can go to www wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. Uh, it's streaked abbreviated to SD, so it's www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. And uh, you can pick a time on our calendar that works for you and we'll hop on, we'll talk to you. And uh, you know, it'll be probably one of the best hours that you could spend on the entire recruiting process. Okay, so um, that will be it for today. Nathan, I wanna thank you again for taking the time to come on here and kind of just share your advice with all of our listeners. And uh, again, huge congrats on uh, the phenomenal outcome that you were able to get uh, through this recruiting process. It's um, definitely challenging and, and uh, something that you should be proud of. And, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing all the success that you have um, going forward. And definitely, uh, you know, let's keep in touch and don't be a stranger. Yeah, for sure. Thanks again, Sam. And, and good luck to everyone out there who's listening. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that'll be it for today. It's a wrap. And uh, we'll be back with more of these interviews for you guys in the near future. Okay? Thanks for listening. Bye.